Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. I want to talk about tonight the three stages of Christmas. Um, I have talked about this in the church and different ministry operations and things that are going on, but I, I heard a minister speak at this at a ministries conference several years ago in Hot Springs, and, and, and it just really spoke to me, and I think this is a message that needs to be continually taught at church and needs to be talked about. And since we're doing Project Christmas this year, I thought it would be really important to share some of this message into the hearts of us because I've been thinking a lot about it, and maybe it'll answer some questions that I've been asked about Project Christmas. I mean, well, what about this? What about this? Well, if you listen closely, I think this message may answer that. And if someone is receiving a blessing this Christmas from someone or the church as a whole, the church, receiving a blessing from the church, here's what you got to know. God outlined how we are to operate as his people. And I like the three stages of Christmas because it made Christmas a whole lot more real to me when I understood the different stages. You know, we all begin our journey in life as receivers. I mean, Matthew 10.8, let's just give some scripture to back this up. Give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you have received. You can't give something unless you've received it first. These, the, these gifts that we give oftentimes are given because we know that they are not in possession of that at the time. It would be a blessing to help ease a, a burden or situation to give them something that they don't have. Now, there are times people ask for something from someone who's not capable of giving that something to them. Peter and John, in Acts 3, verse 6, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Well, that's what the beggar was looking for. I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. (laughs) I, I like that verse because it frees you up. There are times you don't have what you see someone else in need of, and you're not seeing it as a need, but they are. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I just I want you to know a lot of times people will not even know what they're in need of. Yeah, and they're asking for something different than what really they're in need of. That's what that says to me. You know, ministry in life, you can't give what you don't have. And ministry, as we are called to get equipped to do, I mean, that's what you're here tonight for in church. You're here to get equipped to do the work of the ministry, according to Ephesians. And so we get equipped and we go out and we spin, 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 spin. Ministry is spin, 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 spin. And you give out and you give out and you give and you give. And, and, and before long, you're give out. I've spent, I've spent, I've spent, I've spent. I'm, I'm give out. Well, So many Christians mistake their relationship with Christ with their ministry. 
they, were, they, they, they messed this thing up. See, they're not the same. You have a relationship with Christ and you have a ministry. And you're supposed to have a relationship with Christ first and, and, and not mistake spending time with God as your ministry. Your ministry is a result of having spent time with God. And then as you've spent time with God, you have received the tools to then go out and be a receiver of the blessing. The tools that God will give you will then give you what you're in need of to then be blessed, and then it will make you aware of other people's need. But you oftentimes have to be very careful that you don't think that your ministry is spending time in the Word every morning. No, that, that's your relationship with Jesus. That's not your ministry. That's the time that will allow you to be blessed so that you can work the ministry. See, you're here getting equipped, and we got to be real about this. Our time with the Lord has to be very, very significant and is very important, and I'm not putting that on the back burner. It's first. Ephesians 4.12 is to equip God's people for the work of the ministry. That only happens, that equipping only happens when you have already received him. Then you can receive his word. And then after you receive his word, then you receive the blessing. Now, the blessing is God's word. I get that. But God's word being received in action has to be, you have a portion of that work. I want to get ahead of myself. The first area in the stages of Christmas is receiving. Receiving. The childhood stage of our Christian walk. Little children are receivers. I have six grandkids and they're all primarily receivers. They don't know anything about works. Now mom and dad are trying to teach them. They ask for something without giving a thought of whether or not their chores are done. They ask for things and they don't care if their bed's made. So they, they have a mindset of receiving and they ask those things based on relationship. As relationships built, they know where they receive from. Come on, this is good. As relationship is built, they know where they can receive from. That's a problem with the church. Oftentimes we're looking to give other people and let them receive outside of the church instead of in the church. Come on, as a parent, you understand your kids are receivers. And so we work on that relationship because we are the providers. We're the providers of that. They'll ask, how many days till Christmas, Mom and Dad? And you say, 21 days, and they're just disappointed. That's just too long. Well, to them, 21 days is half their life. It's a long time. See, kids, kids can't get the perspective that you have. Here's the perspective they have, anticipation. They're just waiting to receive. That's all. I mean, they're just, they can't wait. That's their thought. They're waiting, anticipating so they can receive. It's the same feeling you get when you're first saved. If you got saved as an, an older person instead of a younger person, let's just say it like that, every Sunday at the beginning of your salvation experience is a present to you. 
I mean, it's like this is the greatest thing ever. You're sitting there and you're like, wow, I just can't believe how awesome this is. I mean, you're a new creation. And all of a sudden, you start seeing all the areas that you can be new in. And you're just, oh, this is awesome. Here's what happens. Someone who just gets saved and just thinks that church is a present sex next to someone who is getting ready to quit the church because they've been here long enough and they know all about it. And so they're trying to pay attention and just hear something that they can receive. And they're sitting next to someone who's a new creation that's all excited. And you're both hearing the same message. And, and you're a new Christian. You're getting divine revelation. And you're sitting next to someone that they've heard the same thing 50 times. And you're like, this is so good. And they're like, you've never heard this before? Fact is... No, you've never heard anything before. This is the first time you've ever heard anything like this. It's all new. I'm telling you, a dump truck to play out in the yard with that's a toy is not that exciting for me. But when I watch my grandson open it, it's like... (gasps) A new creation in Christ anticipates receiving... But what happens is, is we've been here over time and you hear the same thing over and over again because God's word never changes and you've got all the divine revelation you think you can handle, the wonder of the word and the excitement starts to dissipate. I've watched it time and time again. We move into a place that things aren't just exciting as they once were. They're not as new as they, and, and you get a little more knowing of what is not going to happen, depending on your own mindset, or what hasn't happened the way you thought it would, and it's the same old, same old message, and it's just not as exciting. Here's what happens. You're moving out of the receiver stage, and you're moving into a place where I'm telling you the enemies wreak havoc upon God's people. The second stage of Christmas is the transition stage. When you as a little kid, and I like that all the little kids are down in the other building right now. When you as a little kid were born, no one was thinking about the day you were leaving home and starting a new life all on your own. The day you were born was, oh, it's so great. And everybody that was a part of that, I mean, I think of my grandkids. It's, I, I didn't think about it, and I still haven't thought about the day that they're leaving home. I, I thought about the day that they were born. I think about the day that they're in right now. I think about the wonder that they see because they're receivers, and, and, and I think about that. And I, I'm watching slow transitions right now, and it's really hard of me thinking about them leaving home. That's hard. But when I think of my daughters, it's really hard for me to imagine them being back in my home. Now, one of them sitting here tonight. And see, something happened between the time that they were a baby and then they stepped out on their own. And I'm not going to tell you, when they left the day that they got married, there wasn't some tears shed and some, oh. But it really wasn't like, I never dreamed this would happen. That wasn't 
the tears, the tears were, she got to put up with a guy now. <laughs> I know, I was one, am one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gender problems here. <laughs> but I just remember thinking, okay, they're, they're, they're now leaving, but I wasn't surprised. And what, why didn't I see it like I did the day they entered earth? One, one reason why, because time. See, time has cycles. And during those cycles, your attention's all in the cycle. And you're not thinking about where one day they, they will end up. See, time produces something. And time will produce maturity. Or if you're not careful, come on, parents, it will leave your children in infancy. Your goal as a parent is for when they drive off, they're equipped to the best of your ability to be able to function. See, time produces something, but it's not overnight. It, God created human beings to go through cycles. And I'm just telling you, that transition stage is crazy. Babies want their moms until they don't. That little baby goes through a stage, goes through levels, if you will. Eventually, they'll want their own room, and they want their own bed, and then they want a big bed, and then they want to pick out and eat and prepare sometimes their own food, and they, they want to pick out their own clothes. I watched Joan pick out her own clothes last night. She looked good at the game. I, I'm, just, I'm watching kids that are they, they're going through a transition. There's a transition that goes out. See, they've only forever been at your house, and then one day, mom, dad, can I go spend the night with and that rope gets a little longer and a little longer and it's a cycle and when they get a little older as that cycle continues to go they get into their teenage years and people don't treat teenagers the same way they treat babies do you get this last night I just love sitting next to our kids and Olive was there last night the, the, the Laxons had no idea this was all coming. This is what happens when you hang out with me. I think she said that you show up and my wife said, is that dimple just not the cutest thing ever? See, you say things to babies that you don't. No one looks at a teenager and goes, boy, those are some pretty pimples. See, nobody does that. I mean, but there's a cycle that they're, and the teenage years, come on, they go so fast. I mean, every two weeks you're buying a new pair of shoes. Parents, you agree with this? I mean, that transition starts moving faster. Their foot size don't say this. Their voice cracks. And, and some men even get to sing bass at some point in their life because they go through that voice. That didn't happen for me or Jason. But, I mean, you just always are high. But there's some things that happen in transition. And looking at Christmas, someone who used to couldn't wait is now not even believing in Santa anymore. Oh, really? Are you kidding me? No, they're more excited about getting out of school for Christmas break than they are the Christmas celebration. I just don't even want to go to school. I care less about school. I don't want anything to do. Now, and, and, and as teenagers in their transition years, I, I used to just really get me. I'm so bored. I'm just so bored. I'm so bored. Well, the same thing happens to believers. People in church get bored. See, because there's transition in church. You're moving out of the receiver place and you're trying to find a new high and 
I mean, what do you do to not be bored? Anything. I'll do anything. I just, I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing because what I'm doing is boredom. Heard the same pastor, I heard every message he's ever going to preach. Let me tell you, transition is miserable. And listening to a pastor when you're in transition is miserable. I get that. We all want to go some other place. I can't wait till I don't have pimples. I can't wait till I can have my own car. I can't wait till I can make my own money so I can have my own gas money. I can't wait to get my driver's license. Can't wait to get married. When you teach on prophecy to teenagers, they don't want to hear it. Why? Because they haven't got past the transition years, and the last thing I want to do is think about heaven right now when I'm not even enjoying here. (laughs) I'm just telling you, it's true. You go to church, you get bored. I know everything the pastor's going to say. I'm tired. They, They act like they can't do anything if I'm not there. And... See, in the Christian transition stage, there's a very critical thing that you need to be aware of because this is the place where loads of Christians get bored with church. They get bored and they quit. And the main reason is is because they're looking at circumstances and people. Now, when you first get saved, one of the biggest tools of the enemy is to get you offended that you didn't receive or you didn't get what someone else did or you, you heard what someone else said Especially if it's someone in leadership in front of you. You see it all the time. Someone leaves church because something that someone leading did. Now, it doesn't matter if what they did was just a difference of opinion. It's that it wasn't yours. And see, it, 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 was, it wasn't a sin issue even kind of, but because they didn't handle it the way I would Let me just tell you, the people in leadership, I don't care what leadership position in this church there is or any other church, they're not Jesus. Praise God. They need him just as bad as you do, and they don't always think right. Or are they going to make every decision just like you would, and they don't always make them wrong? Don't discredit Jesus because you're looking at people. See, don't discredit Jesus because you're looking at people. Psalm 119, 165, I love this translation, the way it says this. There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word, and they will never be offended. See, if you love the word of God, offense doesn't remove you. If the word of God is the source of your life, offense doesn't move you. I was just told last week, someone said to my my wife probably offended your husband, and I love what she came with. He's unoffendable. Well, is that true? It is if I'm in the Word. See, because if I can love the Word enough, I get to a place where I don't really care what you say unless you're bringing the Word to mind. And if you're bringing the Word to a position, see, the Word of God's got to be our source for life. It's got to be our source. And if a person fails or stands upright, it doesn't make you waver just because someone else failed. People can be rude. They can be downright ugly. I get that. And I can tell you story after story of how people have wronged people, wronged people in this church. And some of the stories will find yourself asking, well, how do you handle people like that? It's easy. I'm not looking to them to meet my needs. See, I'm looking to Jesus. And if Jesus uses somebody, praise God, but it was still Jesus that did it. I I like that. God is the one that meets my needs, and it's by my faith in him that he has such a desire to do so. He's my need meter. He equips. He equips whatever I'm in need of as long as I'm getting equipped. 
He'll use people to speak through. He'll deliver things to me through people. So I don't look down at people. But I'm not looking them to provide something that God said I'm the one that provides that. Now, we need to get our approval from Jesus. If you don't, then you're using ministry to fill something that it will never fill. God only fills that. You have so many opportunities to get your feelings hurt in ministry when you're looking at people. You just do. When people get bored, they want to hear something new. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, 21, those who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. He's talking about people who just come in to hear something new. I've heard everything. Well, that's a person that's in transition that's looking to receive something new when they've already received everything that they were in need of. They're not moving through the transition. 1 John 2, 7, dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one you've heard from the very beginning. You've had this from the very beginning. The good stuff in the kingdom is the old stuff. We don't want to be making up something new. So there comes a point when I'm preaching, come on, that a lot of people sitting here ought to be going, yeah, why? Because you know that's true. I don't doubt that. I'm not trying to prove something to you. The word of God should have already done that. I'm bringing back to mind. Transition is the most dangerous stage in your walk with God. It really is. It's the most dangerous walk for parents that are watching their kids move from a receiving stage into maturity. And here's what you can know. Transition either ends you in death in the area you're transitioning in or it will lead you into abundant life. See, your transition stage takes you to abundant life or it removes you. It's one of the two. Now, I'm talking to our Wednesday night crowd because I want to get a big picture of what we're doing here. This is what we're doing. I don't want my transition to end in death. I want it to end in life abundant. And I believe I'm talking to a bunch of people that can amen that. They believe that. See, we move from a place where you quit enjoying so much what you were getting out of life to a place where you look and watch what everyone else is getting out of life. I'm not sitting here worried about what I get for Christmas, concerned about it. I don't even care. I can't wait to watch the grandkids open their presents. I can't wait for my kids to open their presents. I can't wait for my wife and I to decide what we're going to have such a joy this Christmas doing. And we get more fun out of buying for everybody else. It's hard for me to even stay in the car when we're going shopping. It's the only time of year that happens. I need to do it more, not just Christmas. But it's the one time where we're just thinking all about what we can do to bless someone else. That's what happens. With Christmas, we start out thinking about what we're going to get. We move to a place of transition where we don't even care. I'm just in a place where I don't even know. I don't know what I think. Christmas is all about the sparkle in the eyes of those Michelle and I will be able to bless this Christmas. That's what it is. And now, anytime we see something that we think our kids might want, we're, we're trying to decide between this or this. Oh, well, let's not do that. Let's do this. So we just can't We can't wait. There's an excitement because we know they're anticipating. We know, praise God, they're not even in the transition stage yet. And what it moves you to is to the place that I believe I'm talking to tonight, and that's the transformed. Number three, the stages of Christmas is transformation. So you've got 
an anticipation, a receiving stage, a transition stage, and then you got a transformed life. It, it just, this is the greatest joy, to live to give. To live to give. As a new Christian, we learn how to give. Here's what we do, and we give in order to live. We learn that at the beginning, but we still just do it because we know if I give, then I'm going to receive. I mean, that's just, it's still about receiving. And in the beginning, the joy that we have oftentimes is the payback. See, I gave that so I can receive. That's not truly transformed. That's still hanging out in the receiver stage. I'm doing that because I know what's going to happen to me. And I preach that a lot because we've got a lot of people on Sundays and even possibly here that are still in a position where they're just waiting to see what God's going to do in my life, not so excited about what he's doing in someone else's. Oh, you're happy about it. It's okay. But the transformation, the transformed life is not being joyful in what you get to give, but being joyful in the giving. I know there's a return. There have been times in my life that I went to the altar and we gave because we were planting seed, believing for the return. But boy, there comes a time in life where there has been so much seed planted. You've received for so many years. You've worked yourself through the transition stage that you get to a place where you're not just sitting here all the time looking at the new seed. You can plant new seed. There's so many residuals from seed. I mean, you get to a place where it's not always, it's just the seed is what we do. It's how we live. And giving is such a big part of that. And it just all goes hand in. Are you following me? I'm not losing anybody tonight. I watched a company years ago, right here in this church. This company gave to the church and the story goes, as soon as the company did that, they sent me an email and said, I want you to know what we did we have now got more jobs coming in than we can handle. And I just, that was the greatest thing we ever did was to give because the jobs we have, more we can keep up with now. Okay, that is a stage, and I'm not condemning it. That's true. That happens. In giving, you receive. But I'm just telling you, there's a place you get to that that's not even how you think. And I'm, I'm talking to a crowd that starts thinking different. See, the, the cycle only allowed that person to be joyful in the return, and they were only giving, really, with a, selfless minds, or a, a selfish mindset. There's a higher place to live. I really want you to hear this tonight. We give not because we're trying to receive. Our joy is not in the payback. Our joy is in the gift that we're giving. And I think in a lot of ways, all of it works together. It really does. I mean, we've got to quit coming to church just to receive. And I think that I'm talking to everyone in here that would say amen. I mean, we come to church looking for who we can bless today. We, we, maybe in a service, maybe it's love, maybe it's encouragement, maybe it's to focus on someone else. Maybe it's finding a financial aid. We've got to learn to affirm, tell these people, great job, good job. Uh, I mean, we, we appreciate you, appreciate your family, all that you're doing, and I'm looking forward to doing some of that on Christmas Eve. That's going to be fun because that's when Project Christmas will come to a close. If the people are here, and if they're not, I'll, we'll find another way to get their blessing to them. But if we understand it's more blessed to give than to receive, 
You reach a place in your life where you're not coming to church to be tanked up. Let me get my tank full. I'm not coming just to be filled up. But we have so many that will walk out of here and go, well, I wasn't fed today. How dare you say that? See, there, there comes a place of maturity where you start coming to give not because you're needing to get filled up. What you're coming to church with is I'm already full, therefore put me into service. See, I, I'm full, my tank is full, and I'm a, a truck, and I've got a towing system behind me, and here's what you can know. My tank's full, my engine's ready, tell me where to go. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church where it's more than a church, it's family.